The following is a presentation of the Wide Open Mic Podcast Network. For information on this and other podcasts, please go to www.wideopenmic.net. Two players, two sides. Do you have any idea how bad they are? One is light. Hey, damn it, run! One is dark. For the good guys, Michael. Son of a bitch. Don't ever tell me what I can't do, ever! Dude? You all, everybody! Let's go, friends. You all, everybody! You all, everybody! Acting like it's stupid people when it's fancy clothes. I love you, Benny. But if we can't live together, I sense of friends. I've always loved you. We're gonna die alone. Don't you leave me. I'm so sorry. Guys, we have to go back, Kate. I love Where you. Are we? We have to go back. Hey guys, welcome to the premiere episode of a brand new podcast, which hence premiere, uh, a brand new podcast that I have wanted to do for over 10 years. When I first decided to podcast, this was my first idea for a podcast. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Lost. We have to go back. Um, I'm so excited about this podcast. If you haven't told, if you haven't been able to tell from the title, it is a lost rewatch podcast. We're going back and we're rewatching, um, the television show Lost, which is available on Hulu for everyone amongst other streaming places. Just got to find it, but I know it's on Hulu. Um, and we are going to start at the beginning and we are going to rewatch, uh, Lost. So, um, before I kind of get into, why I wanted to do this podcast and all that crap. Let me introduce you to the guys that are going to be joining us on this journey. Um, so it's funny because like I said, this is a show I've always wanted to do. And I always was like waiting for the right time to do it. And I was talking to these three guys one day um, and we're just talking about podcasts and I'm like, yeah, I've always wanted to do this podcast uh, about it started out as a podcast, just about TV shows that never had podcasts. So stuff like alias and twin peaks that were kind of from the pre podcast generation lost was kind of right at the forefront of the podcast movement, if you will. Um, and so uh, lost had a podcast starting in season two. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts ever, which we'll talk about that when we get to season two, but um I want to do a show with, with about lost. And I was telling these guys and, and I'm like, yeah, but my idea is I don't want it to just be a regular, I want to have maybe someone that's never seen lost and someone that hated lost and someone that really liked it. And as we're doing this, uh, my buddy does here is like, I, I liked lost. And then my boy future here's like, dude, I hated lost. And my buddy Keith, there's like never really seen lost. And I'm like, it was like my stepbrother's moment. Did we just become best friends? Yup. And it was like all the stars lined for this to come together. Um, and so without further ado, let me introduce you guys to the co-hosts of this show. First, uh, the man who never really saw Lost. Keith, why don't you talk a little bit about your experience with Lost? Well, um, I was uh, intrigued with this show for many years um, back when it was very popular. I think it was one of those that you had to have 
what you have your DVR set or it was a record or it was a, you had to be there live to watch it. And I just never prioritized it, even though it sounded like something that would be cool to watch. It just never became something that I wanted to set my my time aside for. And now in the essence of streaming and the availability of doing it, this seemed like a very intriguing opportunity for me. Awesome. So I'm excited. Yeah, good. And then my man who told me how much he hated Lost. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, this was one that I came into. I actually did watch it uh, streaming first. I didn't watch it when it was on because I, I had heard mixed things. And they, I just like Keith was saying, you know, I just never caught it live. Like it just it wasn't I wasn't devoting the time to it. And I remember uh, being very into it in the beginning. Be like, oh, this is great. This is great. And then it just kind of went completely off the fucking rails through the middle there. And I'm like, you want to know what? This is terrible. And I finished it. I Dude, I labored to the end of this show. And then it was over. And I'm like, you want to know what? Not fucking worth it. Like, that was not worth the journey. And here I am uh, revisiting it. Really, really hoping that that I was wrong the first time, and that that I'm like I'm hoping you guys are talking about how much you love it. I hope you prove me wrong. Although um, so I was talking to you know I watched this like with my buddy who was my roommate, uh, uh, who was my roommate at the time, and you know I was talking to him today about it, and he's like, "What are you talking about? I've never seen Lost." <laughs> so I, you know, I'm genuinely worried that I kind of like Tyler Durden fight clubbed myself and that there was no one actually there watching this show with me because <laughs> I don't know who the fuck it would have been. No one else was around that much. That's all. So uh, future, this is like equivalent of you uh, divorcing your first wife, getting back together with her and hoping she doesn't cheat on you. Well, just time. hoping that she learned how to cook, you know, I just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully Lost will be able to cook for you. And last but not least, Daz, what, what's your experience with Lost? Man, I was on the edge of my seat every week waiting for this show to air. And I remember watching it with other fans who were like equally addicted to the show. And we had this little kind of community, you know. And so it, for me, this show, I think it was like a life-changing experience. It bonded me to other people, um, you know, and people. A lot of people I, I kind of lost contact with. But I look back on, the t on that time, you know, I guess I was in college, kind of first coming into the workforce. And it was a tough time. It was right during the recession uh, hit. That was, you know, that was when Lost was peaking. Um, so it was just, a, it was, it, it, it happened during a formative time in my life where I was in a period of growth and I was watching these characters go through all this, you know, all these harrowing experiences and these, you know, self, these character studies. I mean, they were deep, self-reflective um, character studies, I thought, uh, this show. So I don't know, it, you know, it brings up a lot of emotions. I can kind of sympathize with what Future was saying. You know, the ending was, you know, I don't know, I guess <laughs> there's a lot to say about it. I, you know, I, I don't want to jump the gun, but the, um, the thing is, I think subconsciously, Future, maybe we were all sad that it was ending. And it wasn't, you know, we couldn't keep going on this kind of uh, this binge watching journey. I've never, and that was the first thing that I binge watched. I think, I think that that Lost may be one of the first shows where, you know, that word was created, and you know, all these forums were were created. This this whole community. So, um, I have I have a great fondness for the show. I'm I'm looking forward to exploring it again in this time, particularly, where you know I think we all feel a little bit maybe a little lost right now. 
<laughs> and I will say, I want to tell the uh, listeners, don't worry. I know if you've not watched it before, I'm going to do my best to keep these um, guys uh, from quit spoiling it for me. So uh, I keep telling them to, you know, keep it uh, a surprise for me. So hopefully they will, uh, you know, honor that commitment. How are we doing so far? Do my best. The goal of the podcast is to make it spoiler free. So for all you guys that have never watched Lost, now's the perfect time. Come watch it with us, um, which we'll get into all that later. Uh, I want to share my experience with Lost. Um, it was a show that I was so excited about when it first came out. Um, I had gotten the year before I had gotten into Alias. My buddy let me borrow Alias. And I just became obsessed with it to the point where one night my, I was watching it and my sister came home. This is like, I think I was right out of college and I was still living at my mom's house. And my sister came in and she's like, what are you watching? I'm like, Oh, this is alias. It's awesome. And we sat there and we watched like, she watched like an episode with me and it's like, well, I'm going to bed. So a couple hours later, my sister comes downstairs and she's like, you woke up early to watch this. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, it's seven in the morning. I'd watched it all night because you know, <laughs> alias every single episode ended with like an end of the world cliffhanger. So every time it ends, you're like, all right, I'm just going to see how this resolves. And then I'm gonna go to bed. And then you kind of get stuck watching it. I just remember like leaving from the couch to work without showering because I watched alias. So I was super into alias. And then all of a sudden I hear that, this JJ Abrams guy that created alias is doing a new show called lost that stars, uh, Terry O'Quinn, who was a major player in, in alias, uh, who was John, who will be John Locke and Dominic Moynihan from Lord of the Rings, which I read those books as part of a, a college class. I was huge into Lord of the Rings. So I was super excited about that. Um, and, and I watched it and I loved the pilot. It was so good. And I made it about two thirds of the way through the show. And it, I maybe started recording it, but never went back. I don't know if I missed an episode, but I only made it about two thirds of the way through the show. And so I had at the time just moved back to my mom's a couple months before. Um, and so I went back down to Tennessee to move out of my, I, my poor roommate. I had left him high and dry. I'm like, I ran out of money. I got to move home. So I went back to move in to pick up all my stuff. And it was the day of the lost season one finale. And my buddy's like, do you watch lost? And I'm like, yeah, man, I started watching. I just kind of, you know, never finished it. And he's like, I got the whole first season on my DVR. And so he went to work the next day. And I binge watched like the last eight episodes or whatever. And that night we watched the finale live and I was like all in. And so lost season one came out on DVD and I rewatched it and then I watched season two and I was so into it. And eventually I started dating a woman who would become my wife. And in between, I think season two and three, season three, I believe was the writer's strike. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So in between two and three, the DVD came out like two weeks before the season premiere. And so I went and bought it. She's like, what's lost? So I'm like, you know what? We'll binge watch it. So we watched season one and two in the hopes that we would watch season three together. And for whatever reason, it timed out perfectly that we watched 
the last episode of because what how they did they did like the first like six episodes and then was the writer strike and they took big mo- couple months off and then when they resumed the show that's when my wife and I caught up to live time so like it just was kind of perfect in the cards and my wife loved it and so I just became I loved Lost and uh, and then there was a part of the show which I'm not going to spoil all I'm going to say for those that have watched it there's a line that says we have to go back. And when that whole reveal happened, I was like, what the, f- what just happened? And like, it was, it was a season finale. And I was, it like took the show on another level that I wasn't expecting it and made lost at the time, the greatest show of all time. And my old roommate, Jesse, um, from that moment on, we would call each other after every episode, like little 14 year old girls. And we would discuss, we would do a podcast. We just didn't know what a podcast was and we didn't record it, but him and I would do a podcast talking about the episode. It was so great. But he and I were the only two people that heard it kind of like when I started my first podcast and actually released it. We were the only people listening to it, but uh, which may be the case here, but you know what? Who cares? But it, it really got me that moment kind of changed the show for me. And it became one of my favorite shows of all and still is one of my favorite shows of all time. And um and the funny thing was when I started podcasting, like I kind of hint at this, but my idea was to do a show that never had a podcast. And I'm like, dude, you know what would be the perfect name for that show? We have to go back. And I'm like, Oh, that's amazing. I'm so genius. I'm like, why don't I just go back and do it on Lost? I mean, it's my favorite show anyway. So that was the idea behind this. And my buddy Jesse was originally going to be on this show for me for like the last 10 years. Um, But just scheduling didn't really work out for him. So hopefully we'll have my friend Jesse on a couple from time to time and maybe bring on some other surprise guests. And by surprise, just because we don't know that they're coming yet, but uh uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Um, I will say, poor Jesse, by the way, um, you probably uh, filled up his entire DVR with eight episodes of Lost back then because that's about all it could hold. So poor guy probably couldn't record anything else. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, we were like in the cutting edge. Him and I were roommates. We bought a – we had a direct TV Evo. Like we bought it from Walmart or Best Buy, but it only worked – on direct TV and we didn't have direct TV. So we had to go out and get direct TV about the format of the show. Um, like I, we want this show to be watched by everyone. Um, it would be awesome if you've never seen lost to hop on and join with us. Um, and for those that want to rewatch it, you know, we're going to make it easy for you guys to join us. Um, and our goal, if this show is as popular as I hope it is, um, the goal is when we're done with lost, pick another show and hopefully you guys out there listening uh, will help us pick another show and it'll be something that some of us have seen some of us haven't maybe some of us love it some of us hate it um you know there's so many shows that i've just never seen so i'm excited at the possibilities of this so our first season if you will of we have to go back is going to focus on lost 
Um, and then going forward, like I said, we're going to do it. So um, before we jump into those episodes, um, we're going to keep this first episode a little short, but I do want to kind of do a little bit of background on the show Lost and talk a little bit about how it got started and a little bit about some of the cast and stuff like that. Um, just kind of stuff that we're going to go through. I find it, I don't know if anyone else does. I don't know if you guys do out there, but I am totally intrigued by billing order. Um, like I like to see, Oh my gosh, this guy got added to the main cast. Like to me, that's exciting for me. No, you guys even care about stuff like that. It lets you know, uh, how relevant that person is going to be. Yeah. So I find a lot of shows, people generally skip the opening credits, but I found the opening credits really reveal a lot of information about the show. Yeah. And I think the coolest opening credits uh, was Sopranos because Sopranos opening credits was pretty much different every episode because they would take the stars of that episode. I mean, you would have your main stars, you know, Gandolfini, Edie Falco, blah, 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 that were always in the opening credits. But during the opening credits, there was about 10 or so names that you'd watch it and be like, oh, Bobby's going to be in this episode. They would kind of do that with the old Batman. I think the only show that probably did that better would be like Game of Thrones that gave you the map, the current map of all the stuff that was happening in that episode. Yeah, it gave, it gave you like, oh, this place got destroyed. This place is taken over. Here's the flood. All right, I remember where we are in the story now. Thanks. See, I didn't want to say oh, I've never seen Game of Thrones because that way when this is over, everyone will flood the mailbox and make me watch Game of Thrones. Uh, I, uh, I can be the, the voice of dissent in that one too because that's another one that I, I was all in from the beginning. And by the end, I'm like, you want to know what? You guys are just a bag of assholes. Like, it's terrible. <laughs> Well, for me, I tried to watch it and I got through the first 10 minutes and I was so bored and I'm not making a joker. This is 100% true. My doorbell rang. I went to the door. It was a Jehovah's Witness. I let him in my house and talked to him for 45 minutes. So I had an excuse not to go back and watch Game of Thrones. And I never saw another minute of Game of Thrones after that. That is uh, a visceral reaction to the first 10 minutes, which are fairly innocuous. Like, there's, <laughs> I'll get, like not much goes on. I'll give you that. Oh, Lord, I don't know why. But you're also talking to a guy who watches a lot of anime. And generally, like anime, it'll take nine to 10 episodes before you give a shit about anything. <laughs> so like, you have to give it a solid half season before like, oh, no, this is actually pretty good. Like, well, see, I was going to go back to the credits. For me, it wasn't like the shows you're talking about. I remember back in the day, like I would watch a, a sitcom like The Cosby Show, and you'd see starring Stevie Wonder, and I'd be like, oh, sweet. I got to watch this and see what this person's going to be or who's on Who's the Boss that week. Like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's what I would be excited for. Well, you know, I, I read somewhere that they designed the, the lost the uh, opening sequence with the, you know, the text coming out of the black um, based on the Twilight Zone. It has oh, similarity. If you look at you know, if you watch the Twilight Zone, it's kind of like this black background with the white text and this eerie music. Lost has that kind of reminiscence of uh, of that show. So they, I think they did kind of get that subconsciously. Yeah, totally. So let's before we get into, we're going to end this here in a couple minutes. I just want to get into kind of the background of Lost. So. Um, you guys any, have anything to add to any of these comments? Hop in. But uh, so originally, 
Lost was pitched to ABC as a much different story. It was a quote unquote realistic drama uh, that was called Nowhere. Um, it, it wasn't called Lost, it was called Nowhere. Uh, and it was created by, I'd add parenthetically, a University of Illinois alum. I didn't go to U of I, my sister did, but I thought I'd throw that in there for her since she loves Lost also, and hopefully she's listening. So uh, Jeffrey Lieber actually wrote uh, wrote this show called Nowhere that he sold to ABC, um, and it was heavily inspired by Lord of the Flies and Casting. So at the time of Lost debut, though, um, Lieber had actually only had a handful of writing credits. Um, he had a couple unaired pilots that he produced, but nothing really uh, significant. He worked for Sony and Fox. Um, but during the process of building this, um, during pre-production, Lost decided to kind of, or Lost, ABC decided to take this in a different direction. So Lieber was removed uh, and they brought in J.J. Abrams and Damon Lindelof to kind of take over. So, um once Abrahams and Lindelof were Abraham and Lindelof were brought in to the project, Lieber had no more, no more to do with it, no more further input input on the show. Um, but because of DGA uh, Writers Guild standards (WGA), Lieber has a co-creator title, and due to that credit, despite not working on one minute of the aired Lost he actually won a Writers Guild Award for Best Writing of a Dramatic Series for the second season of Lost. So that's kind of awesome. You sell the script, you're like, you know what, this is crap, but I like the idea. We're going to bring in our own team to ruin your show and make it something completely different. But at the end of the day, he won a Writers Guild Award. Well, it wouldn't have happened without him. But that would, that would suck if, like, this is my baby. I've been working on this for years. And then they buy it and they're like, you know what? See ya. Would it make you uh, laugh if I told you I didn't know who J.J. Abrams was until he made his famous movies? Well, a lot of- well speaking of J.J. Abrams, Keith, segue. Um, J.J. Abrams actually started in the film industry. Anyone want to take a shot how old he was? Uh, I'd say... I'd say 22. Future? Yeah. I said 16. I'm going low. J.J. Abrams started in the film industry at age 16. Uh-huh. Yes! <laughs> he wrote the music for Don Dohler's horror film Night Beast. <laughs> so how crazy is it that J.J. Abrams not only started at 16, but his first credit was for writing music. Like When I first read this, when I was kind of doing research on the show, I had no idea that it was music. So... Skip ahead a couple of years to his senior year of college. He sold his first, they call it a film treatment, um, that ended up uh, becoming the movie Taking Care of Business. Oh, which is one of my favorite movies because I'm a Cubs fan and uh, I love that watching too. that. I don't think I've seen that either. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed. Taking Care of Business? No. No? Yeah, it had Jim Belushi in it. Recommended yeah, well, what did J.J. Abrams do on that movie? He d- wrote it? He wrote it, yeah. He created it. And then I think he sold the film treatment. He hmm. might have been a producer on it. I'm not entirely sure. But I always thought he started with Felicity. T- oh, but that's not what he started. He started with the movies. Okay. 
So then after taking care of business, the next film he wrote uh, was regarding Henry, ironically with Harrison Ford. Um, He then wrote the masterpiece Tour de Forest Gone Fishing. Anyone remember that? Uh, Danny Glover and... Yep. Oh, yeah. Joe Pesci? Yeah, Joe Pesci. I remember seeing that when I was a kid. What about Paul Bear? Are you going to skip over that one? Um, yes, I don't have Paul Bear in my notes, but I because he didn't he produced Paul Bear, but I want to say Paul Bear was written and directed by uh, Matthew Reeves. If I That's remember okay. correctly, it's skippable. So go ahead. I do like Paul Bears. Uh, Greg Grumberg also in that, but we'll get to that later. But in 1994, Abrams uh, started a group with a bunch of former Sarah Lawrence alums called the Propeller Heads. And this I found fascinating. I didn't know this either. Um, and what what they did was they experimented with computer animation technology. And they were actually contracted by DreamWorks to work on an unknown picture called Shrek. Like, this guy is just, like, falling upwards. Like, it's- now he's in I did not know he had anything to do with Shrek. And then in 1998... Uh, he ended up getting hired by uh, Michael Bay to uh, work on the screenplay for Armageddon. So he was all, so that's kind of crazy. Um, and then in 1998, around that same time, he acted as executive producer and created the WB series Felicity. Okay, wow. So he did that much before Felicity. Amazing. So, and let me throw this in there. He was he was executive producer. He directed a bunch, wrote a bunch, created it with Matt Reeves, as well as composing the opening theme music. I didn't know that either. He's a multiple talent. So, did you, did any of you guys watch Felicity? Uh, I mean, nope. I caught an episode because it was just on TV. But no, I did not watch uh, Felicity. Oh come on, you're too manly for that. I didn't uh, watch it. No, I just didn't care for it. It's not oh. it's not the kind of show I typically uh, go for. No, me neither. But when I was like hardcore into Alias, my buddy's like, he's like, well, you've seen Felicity, right? I'm like, what's Felicity? You know, I thought stuff? you were going to say when you're hardcore into women, they made you watch it. That's the only reason I would watch yeah. it. But my buddy's telling me about Felicity and he's like, yeah, it stars like all the cast of Alias. Uh, Alias was the Jennifer Garner one, right? Alias is Jennifer Garner. Which I yeah, never my, saw. I never saw either. My dad really liked that show. I never got into it, but my dad was a, I don't know if he was just a big fan of her or if he actually enjoyed the show, but hey, he was watching that one for sure. You cannot not like Jen. You cannot fall in, not fall in love with Jennifer Garner watching Alias. But Felicity was awesome because all of the minor characters, and none of them really the major characters, but most of the minor characters either had starring roles or supportive roles in Felicity, as well as like Donald Faison for Clueless. Uh, it just had these great actors. And the, 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 I think the reason why I got into it was my buddy was telling me about it. And a couple days later, I thought to myself, I wonder if this Felicity show is actually on. So on my TiVo, I typed in Felicity and I kid you not, the pilot was on in two days. I'm like, what the, like, it started on a new show two days from that. So I hit record and I got to watch Felicity Street, which I freaking love, love Felicity this day. 
top five favorite shows of all time. I'm manly enough to admit it. Go watch it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so let's move on from Felicity. So after Felicity, um, JJ, along with uh, Brian Burke, uh, this is 2001. They founded Bad Robot Production, which is a logo we've all seen a thousand times on a thousand different programs. Um, but the first uh, television project that they made for Bad Robot was Alias. And uh, like Felicity, Abrams also wrote the theme song for Alias and would write the theme song to Lost. Again, I'm blown away by J.J. Abrams' musical ability. So that kind of gets us to where we are as far as J.J. Abrams. So let me tell you guys a little bit about Damon Lindelof really fast. I don't know how familiar you are with him. Um, But Damon Lindelof got his start in the film industry as a reviewer of scripts which kind of sounds like an awesome job. Like you just sit and read scripts. Oh, think about like, that's this hard work good. going through a bunch of scripts. Yeah. That sounds brutal. You, yeah, you can't <laughs> not, you know, like pay attention. You think you end up hating movies? I don't know. I, you know, I have to talk to him. I've never talked to him. I've, I've submitted scripts to screenplay contests and like hoped that my, my reader was, you know, a complete human being, I suppose. <laughs> but I never, I don't think I've ever met one. But I mean, I imagine it's very hard work because the thing about just re- reading, you know, a, a, a shitty screenplay and like how laborious it will be. Yeah. I imagine most of them are bad, right? Yeah, you got to be right. I didn't even think about that. Like if everything was genius, surely the state of film would be in better shape than it is right now. <laughs> right. I mean, but you could just be like uh, the room and just go make your own DOS. So. I could. I would maybe. Maybe I will do that one day. One of these days. I don't wait. I have to wait for someone to uh, purchase a script or, or or something like that. But can you write me in your script? No, Doss, Just go all, go all Tommy Wizzo and yeah. uh, build your movie cor- corporation as some sort of uh, money laundering scheme. That's another idea. Yeah, okay. Just, okay. just go get in an accident. Take a lot of money in a lawsuit. Now I have to. Surely that accident gave that man brain damage. Like, there's no way that's not. <laughs> well, look, if I were, if I were to fund my own movie or something, I'd want it to be really good. You know, the the the, the uh, this, this writer J.J. Abrams, like just like hearing you kind of and and Damon Lindelof, Lindelof. I mean, I feel like these guys are you know textbook examples of you know what a writer needs to be. So I, I, you know, I, when I'm watching these programs or like following their work, it's kind of like, you know, studying people that I admire and trying to learn from them as well as just enjoying the artwork. Um, so uh, Abrams worked for uh, Damon Lindelof worked for Paramount, Fox, and Alan Ladd Studios, which Alan Ladd does not get the credit that man deserves. He saved Star Wars when Fox was ready to dump it. He talked Fox into keeping Star Wars, changed the film industry forever. So thumbs up to you, Al. Anyway, so his first writing jobs included TV shows, Wasteland and Under Underdressed, which my friend from college sister started an episode. I know you guys care, Um, but his big break was writing on the crime series, crime drama series, Nash Bridges. You guys are familiar with Nash Bridges? I uh, heard of it. Um, yeah. Which was a show created by a man named Carlton Cuse. 
We'll just leave that at that for now. Um, but uh, Lindelof's also went on to write a bunch for the show Crossing Jordan, uh, which he ended up leaving the third season around the time he was hired to transition Beavers Nowhere into Lost. So that's kind of how we got to Lost. Um, now, we all kind of know what happened to Abrams and Lindelof. Um, they both are two of the greatest of, at what they do of all time. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that they got to be part of it. And I mean, just look at Lindelof. He wrote, uh, after this, he wrote, uh, the leftovers leftovers after lost, uh, Lindelof wrote the leftovers, which was one of my favorite shows the really couple years show. it was on. Season one was okay, but season two just like took it to a whole nother level. I, I haven't gotten through it. And yet, then he so did. Not, one, we can't spoil that one there. We'll, we, maybe that'll be one we can do later too. Yeah. Uh, and also, The Watchmen, which he just finished. Uh, everyone says how great that was. When that That's came funny. on, <laughs> I wanted to rewatch the movie, but I couldn't find it. And now it's on HBO Max. So it's like the movie's there and the show's there. You I'll guys to- uh, watch, there's like a three and a half or four hour supercut of uh, Watchmen. You should oh, do yourself really? a favor and watch that one. Oh, that's awesome. And then uh, I, I actually really enjoyed that show. I was very disappointed. They didn't, it didn't get picked up for a second season, right? Correct. But it got a crap ton of Emmy nominees. And if there's anything that HBO, that we know about HBO is how much they're obsessed with Emmy nominations. Did it uh, just not get picked up for a second season because it was striking a little too close to reality? Or I don't know. I really don't. Um, maybe they just wanted to keep it as a limited series, which I think is a bullshit designation. Well, you know, but but they could do that and then do another section of Watchmen in a different city. And there's no reason that it has to be directly tied to it. It was a very large world that they lived in. I'm I'm gonna put my my uh, myself on a limb and say they will bring it back with all those nominees, unless Lindelof just doesn't want to do it. Then I hope they don't bring it back. Hey man, if Ren and Stimpy's coming back for a new season, there's no way that this can't get picked up again. Eventually, I'm worried because they brought Ren and Stimpy back once, and it was the most offensive thing I ever saw, and it made me dislike one of my favorite. <laughs> the adult party? No, that's its own show. That's yeah, its adult own party talk show. It was, uh, yeah, it was, that was only like six episodes, though, right? It wasn't even a real series. It was basically just a short. Yeah, film. it was. It, 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 it was a side project. With it was a side project. I was gonna say I'm ready to go back and uh, and start uh, talking about this episode. I'm excited. So. Well, you're gonna have to wait till next week, my friend, because. Oh. Covered. But let me finish one more thing. Let Let me get into before we wrap this first episode up here, which we're sitting. Uh, at 36 minutes right now. I'm going to cut that out. Anyway, uh, before we jump into it, uh, I do want to talk about uh, really quickly, uh, just talk about the cast. Um, so one cool thing that they did with the cast is they build them in alphabetical order. Well, so let's just quickly go through the cast really quickly. Um, so, and I, I'm going to talk about <clears throat> I few on these guys before it was cast. There's only a couple of these guys that I'd actually heard of. So um, uh, Naveen Andrews, 
who was Saeed. I'd never heard of him before, and I don't think I've ever seen him in anything after. You guys? Yeah, I don't think so. No. So Emily DeRaven, uh, who is Claire, um, I knew that she was on. Um, she was on that show Roswell, but I'd never. It was one of those things where my sister was like, "Oh, that girl's on Roswell." So, and again, uh, haven't really seen her much since Lost. Um, of course, Matthew Fox, I was familiar with him from party of five though i never watched party of five i knew who he was and um, actually yeah i'd seen party of five but again it's just not one of those that you really follow you know yeah although it is funny because we were when lost was uh in its first season my sister was at the airport and saw matthew fox at o'hare airport and she's like oh my gosh it's matthew fox and my dad's like who's matthew fox <laughs> on the show party of five now he's on this show lost it's like oh, what's lost it's about a plane crash and she was like at the yeah. airport going on a plane and she's like started freaking out she's like please don't let him be on my plane ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on what would be the uh, he lived right just hang out right. with him so uh i don't know oh, if you remember this, yeah. i remember a super bowl ad on fox that it was Howie and Terry Bradshaw and all those guys kind of walking through an airport and they get on their plane and on their plane is the cast of lost. And they're just like, uh Oh, I don't know why I remember that. All right, let's move on. Jorge Garcia, uh, who plays Hurley. Um, funny, funny, funny stat. He's in a, uh, a, uh, movie called nobody knows I'm here. Wouldn't that be like a reboot of lost? Essentially. <laughs> Yeah. He's probably the guy that um, I've seen pop up in the most random stuff. And it's just like he was in an episode of How I Met Your Mother. And he was on like the cover of a Weezer album or something like that. But the really? problem with him <laughs> is that he's Hurley. It, it's, he was even on a TV show called Alcatraz. Um, He's just Hurley. I, I, I don't think I could ever see him and not be like, oh, yeah, it's Hurley. But that just has something to do with his, how great his performance is. We'll keep going. Uh, Maggie Grace, who played Shannon. I don't think I've seen her really before or after. You guys? I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, Josh Holloway, who was Sawyer. Again, not much. And he's after. a great actor. He could, he, I mean, I could see him in a lot of different things. The only thing I've seen him in, and I didn't see it, but I saw him in the credits, is he was in one of those, like, Bring It On or Step It Up, one of those dance <laughs> movies. I never saw uh, Scouts On or whatever. whatever. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Malcolm David Kelly, who is Walt, who, um, again, I can't think of anything either before or after. I can't either. Daniel Day Kim played uh, in. Um, he's someone that I think has become a big star after Lost. He was on Hawaii Five O, and I don't watch this show, but my mom and wife do. It's called The Good Doctor. Oh, yeah. And I, oh yeah, he was also in uh, the Hellboy reboot. Oh, was he? I never saw that. Yeah. But he's an executive producer on The Good Doctor. 
So I don't know how, like he's appeared in like a couple episodes, but I don't know if he brought it over because I did look it up and it's a Korean show. He's also on so, She-Ra and the know. Princess of Power. Is he really? Is he- <laughs> That's an anime. He's a voice. Okay. That's a, it's a Netflix show, isn't it? That I've seen that as I'm scrolling well, I, I through. I would have to pick that one. True story. I was really into He-Man until She-Ra came out. Then I said, screw He-Man and was 150% all in on She-Ra. I admit it. I'm a man. I'm did, you, did you mention Terry Quinn? Did I miss him? He is next. Uh, actually, he's coming up. Oh. Uh, you're in alphabetical order, uh, as we explained earlier. Uh, oh, so after, uh, Daniel Day Kim came, uh, Yoon Jin Kim, who played Sun. Never saw her before or after. I can't think of anything. No, she's in Desperate Housewives. Was she? Oh, no, really? No, wait, wait, let me see. I saw, I at least I saw like the first I've got, two or three uh, seasons. IMDb up, so I might as well check. But that's that's what I thought. I recalled. Well, actually, the person that I think had the biggest no, 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 it was mistresses. I knew it was a show like that. It was a show called Mistresses. Oh, I've Mistresses. No, the person with the biggest post-loss uh, career it's is Evangeline right? But she, she had a pretty good career. Yeah, yeah she was She was in uh, the uh, Ant-Man or movies. The and the Hobbit. She was yeah. in Ant-Man. Oh, yeah. She was the, the Wasp, right? Yeah. She was also originally the going to be Wonder Woman in a Wonder Woman TV series that never got off the ground. Wow, interesting. Well, yeah, this... Uh, Next, uh, probably the biggest star before Lost, and that's Dominic Moynihan. Oh, right. Yep. Lord of the Rings is pretty... Though the great thing is, like, if I see Dominic Moynihan now, I immediately think of Charlie. And he's had a great career, too. He's been in a bunch he, of... He was not he's Pip, he was Mary Adduck. Brand, yeah, Mary from yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Mary. Mary. Um, but I think of him as Charlie I, I, I still think of him as the Lord of the Rings character, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why he, he was, was forgettable. He was a little bit not as memorable in Lost, I think. Oh, I disagree. I think some of the best moments in that series have to do with okay. him. Interesting. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, sorry, Keith, you don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, after that, we got the great Terry O'Quinn. Who I loved him. I loved him in uh, Spock, oh, Star Trek. Oh, he was in Star Trek. Yeah, he was Spock, wasn't he? No, that's Leonard Nimoy. What? I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> he was. He was. He was on about. He was in Star Trek. Um, I thought he was mistaking him for Patrick uh, Stewart. <laughs> that's how it was. Patrick Stewart, because I was looking at. I was, yeah. looking at, I was looking at his bald head pictures. I'm like, oh, he could be a, a twin. He was an alien, which is what made me excited. He, Him and Dominic Moynihan were the two guys that I was like, I'll give this show. He, he also show. played a captain that yeah. went evil or that went uh, admiral or someone that went to the dark side or something akin to that in Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah, really? He's, he's great. He's cool. He was what? an old. He was uh, Luke uh, Luke Wilson's boss. I gotta find this now. And the uh, uh, the chick from Twenty Four, her dad. 
So, all right, two more left in the opening cast. We got Harold Perenu, who was uh, and he's in a great dad. movie called The Edge. But that was from 1997. I never. Michael. Michael. That's Jones. his name, Michael. Um, he was also what I knew him from was the uh, Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, he, I think he's a pretty big movie star. Like the yeah, character, but he really lost. Like yeah, he's a character. Actor. Oh shit! It was. Com- I'm sorry. I'm still looking up the the Star Trek yeah. thing. He was in Matrix Re- Revolutions it was and Commander. Matrix. It was so. Oh, it was Commander Riker's former captain of the. Yeah, <laughs> That like went all apeshit, dude. He looks so young in this. It's crazy, or whatever. You know, he did something bad. Not the dark. I know. I know. I know. But he he did uh, something evil, or he did something that was you know frowned frowned upon from the viewers. I can't remember. The last, uh, not least, uh, Ian Summerholder. Well, hey, uh, real quick, I want to go back to Harold, though, because I feel like you missed out. He was Link in all the Matrix movies, which I think is a pretty good Oh, there character. you go. Oh. He blends in. He, he he really disappears into the role yeah. he plays. Yeah, he's good a good uh, But Ian Summerholder probably is the one of the other bigger stars from Lost, because isn't he in, like, a vampire show he? or something? He's Boone. Oh, really? I've never seen him in anything other than Lost. He is on one of those like teeny bopper vampire shows. Oh, he's in the Vampire Diaries. My wife just chimed in. She overheard me disrespecting this actor. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> accidentally. I just hadn't seen it. I, I don't watch the Vampire Diaries, but is he good? So yeah, Smallville, he was in that. Yeah. So if you're a 14 year old girl or Daza's wife, you know exactly who you <laughs> Yes, anyone who wants to fantasize about cute boys. So uh, so Terry O'Quinn was apparently also in The Rocketeer. Man, I haven't oh. seen that. Underrated, underrated movie of my past. Was it? I don't know that it's underrated. I feel like everyone loves that movie. Oh, I don't. I don't think it gets enough talk. I don't yeah. know anyone that hates The Rocketeer. I mean, it's not. It's not without its problems, but <laughs> true. But I, well, I guess what I'm saying is I don't hear anybody say they love it either. So, oh well, I love the Rocketeer. There you go. Yeah. Nice, nice. All right. Well, um, I got some other stuff, but I think we'll save it. I think we're gonna put a pin in the show right here. So next week we are going to be back. With the two parts of the pilot. So in the meantime and going forward, uh, you can uh, go to our website. We have to go back.net. Uh, we have a Facebook group now. So once you guys, you can sign up. And as the show starts next week with the pilot, uh, we know we'll be able to continue the conversation on our Facebook group, which is we have to go back a lost rewatch podcast. Uh, we also have a Twitter account, which is at WHTGB podcast. Of course we have to go back. Um, last but not least, uh, the wide open mic podcast network. Uh, we have a website there, wideopenmic.net. Uh, all the wide open mic shows, including Firecast with us, a Twin Peaks podcast, all you care to eat, uh, which is a, uh, a kind of a combination of Saturday night live and Prairie home companion recorded live in front of a studio audience. Um, my podcast, the gunner and the pistols, tons of stuff. All you can listen to straight from the app. It's a podcast player. It's the, it's the easiest way to, uh, to listen to the show um again thanks to uh, everyone at anchor for helping us uh 
Man, I'm so excited. We will see you next week with the pilots, episode one and two. And then for the most part, going week by week, episode by episode. Uh, Thanks, guys. See you next week.